This is the Frankly Daniel Show, and yes, I'm the Daniel in the Frankly part of this enterprise. It's my weekly exercise of our First Amendment rights. Thank you for joining me, and it's an honor to be here today with you. Happy Thanksgiving weekend. I hope you had a glorious, calorie-free Thanksgiving. I also hope you had a peaceful, non-combative, and injury-free Black Friday. Like so many of you, I've taken time this weekend to reflect back over this fast-paced year and to realize how amazingly fortunate I truly am. I'm supremely thankful for my loving family and for my life. Seriously, I'm thankful to be alive. Perhaps had I lived in a prior period of American life before the advent of miraculous modern-day medicine, I'd have passed away in 2014 during my first battle with leukemia. Thankfully, I went into remission for almost five years, That was after my first battle with leukemia. But that darn leukemia, it managed to change forms, and it it came back with a vengeance in 2019, and I'm still battling the darn stuff today. But I haven't been battling it alone. Uh, No, not at all. With the Lord's grace and my family's love and care and my oncologist's precision medicine, I'm going to win this battle. I'm also thankful to all those at America Out Loud, especially Malcolm, the founder the CEO and the president of America Out Loud, who makes this show, and like so many other incredible broadcasts and print columns from devoted conservatives, possible every day of the week. Malcolm leads this organization as one would lead a tight-knit, devoted family of patriots. It's hard to relate how much being a part of this family has meant to my mental health this past year. Finally, I'm thankful for you, my listening patriots. Yes, you, my listeners. The show's listenership grows every week, and I appreciate you for spreading the word. I know our airways are jam-packed these days, and the demands for your attention, well, they've never been more competitive. Thank you for choosing America Out Loud and the Frankly Daniel Show. So let's go to the rest of the story. What story, you ask? Well, if you missed last week, no problem. I can quickly catch you up on the story and where we're at in the narrative. You can also catch last week's show on podcast at the Frankly Daniel Show on the America Out Loud website. Now, this adventure begins with a fictional family called the Goodsmiths on a fictional journey that takes them from a very red or Republican city called Normalville in a very red state called Happy Corps to a very blue or woke Democrat city called Why Not in the very blue county of Noxious in the blue state of Hope You Like It. If you're thinking about real-life examples, think about moving from, say, the city of Navarre in Santa Rosa County in Florida, where there's about four-to-one Republicans over Democrats, to, say, Jamaica Plain, which is a suburb of Boston in Suffolk County, Massachusetts, which is one of the most heavily Democrat Party voter registration areas in, in the world, I think. Our fictional family, the Goodsmiths, comprise Ted, the father, Amelia, or Mia, the mother, two daughters, one son, and one dog. In the first episode, Ted's company has offered him a significant management promotion and a sizable raise, but he has to move from Normalville in the Republican state of Happy Corps to that very blue city 
called Why Not? And he has to do this before the new school year begins. Now, honestly, there's nothing far-fetched about this very possible story. Uh, please note that all the events and facts presented in this fictional story actually occurred right here in America, sometime between 2020 and 2021. In other words, the characters in the places are fictional. The events, however, are true. These events happened in very woke, Democrat-controlled cities across America. Well, b back to the story. Mother Amelia, uh, Mia for short, details all the most important issues they'll have to pay attention to as they consider moving their family not only into a new residence, but importantly into new schools. Now, by the way, if you haven't moved in a while and are anticipating doing so soon, last week's episode covers a lot of what you should probably be thinking about. In the first chapter, and only other chapter to this story, we quickly discover that Mia is just beginning to appreciate some of the major differences in schools and living conditions and why not that revolve around politics in today's bizarre state of wokeness. Everywhere you look, Democrat wokeness rules. Why not is so woke, they're seemingly populated by what I would call woke zombies. Woke zombies are for equal outcomes. I call these equity zombies. Woke zombies are certainly for diversity, Thus, we have diversity zombies. And finally, woke zombies are inclusive. Must have inclusive zombies. To, to be one of them, you actually have to be them all the time and forever and ever. Or, or else they eat you. <laughs> but don't worry, there are no zombies in this story. Let me repeat, no zombies in this story. It just seems like they're there. Like it seems they're really there in all of our lives. So, Mia flies to Why Not?, and with the assistance of a realtor, scouts residential locations and schools. Now, along the way, she discovers a truckload of disturbing realities about moving from a very red Normalville to a very blue Why Not. As mentioned above, the Goldsmiths have three children. The youngest is daughter, Zoe. Zoe is six years old, and she's entering the first grade. Now, Zoe may need some special education support, or so says the educational specialist, at the Normalville Public Schools, where they currently live. Needless to say, Mother Mia, she's anxious about switching school systems with so many unknowns about Zoe's future educational needs. So she has her work cut out for in seeking what special education services the Why Not Public Schools have to accommodate Zoe. Their middle child's name is Noah, and he's entering middle school. Noah is your typical middle child. He's the family mediator, who always talks about fairness and togetherness, if that's still an American family value. Noah is not a perfectionist. He is not controlling, nor is he a know-it-all like his older sister, Abby. Noah is trustworthy, and he's the kind of kid who's always under the radar in almost everything he does. But he gets his schoolwork and his home chores done. Now, the eldest child is Abigail, Abby for short, and she's just beginning high school. Abby has always been an honor student, and she's an accomplished, avid volleyball athlete. Abby is what boys call a looker, meaning she's naturally attractive. Abby is also a classic first-child achiever. So in short, the Goldsmiths are your typical American family with very different school needs for each child, and parents who are connected to their community and, and value education. The girls sell Girl Scout cookies every year, 
And when the city of Normalville has community cleanup days, the Goldsmiths are the first in their neighborhood to sign up. Mia and Ted, when Ted can get away from work, attend all their children's school plays and sporting events. Now, the Goodsmiths are devoted parishioners who worship every Sunday and contribute time and money to their church's expanding women's shelter. They also attend every teacher-parent conference and are active in the Normalville Parents Association. Now, ever since Ted's company offered him a promotion to move to Why Not, Mia has been contacting local realtors, moving companies, and organizing all her lists of must-do before the big move. But first, Mia flies to Why Not, and with the assistance of a local realtor named Lydia, together they tour the city and scout residential locations and schools. Now, the realtor, Lydia, is a longtime resident of Why Not and knows just about everyone and anything anyone would want to know about the city and the surrounding area. Lydia has a close sister by the name of Sage, who, until the pandemic, was a full-time teacher at the Why Not Public Schools. Sage has twin daughters, who also, up until the pandemic hit, were in middle school. Sage was so disgusted with the Zoom lessons the district schools piped in over the Internet during the 480 days of closed in-class instruction that she disenrolled her daughters from the public school and enrolled the twins in a homeschooling program that she supervises. Now, although in-class in-person teaching had resumed for eight weeks before the end of the school year, Sage has no intentions of sending her daughters back into the Why Not School system, not unless some dramatic changes are made to the city school board and the teachers association and the school system. Well, what else happened in the first episode that's helpful to know before launching in today's final episode? Let's see. Lydia, the realtor, was fairly frank with Mia about some of the political quirks of why not, like the requirement for universal public masking and vaccine passports to get into restaurants and movie theaters and just about any place else in why not. Moreover, Lydia told Mia that why not has traditionally been a Democrat stronghold and still and still is, unfortunately. Because Lydia's sister Sage was a teacher for years in the Why Not School system, and because Sage has two teen daughters, Lydia had offered to set Mia up for a coffee and chat session with Sage about the Why Not School system. So on that first day after touring the city, stopping to walk through three homes on the market, Lydia dropped Mia off at Mia's hotel and promised to pick her up at 9.45 the next morning for their 10 a.m. appointment to visit with Sage. Now, that evening in the hotel, Mia hooked up her laptop to the hotel's Wi-Fi and began exploring the Why Not Parents Association website, per Lydia's suggestion. Mia found a massive trove of information on the Why Not Parents Association very sophisticated and well-organized website. And all of it was a shocker. It was more like an overwhelming landslide of distressing facts about a school board, a teacher's union, and a big city school system under growing woke authoritarianism. Mia thought she could feel the heat of angry tension coming across her computer screen between parents, the teachers' association, and the school board. It didn't take long for her to realize the fault lines between those who run the schools and parents who pay for the schools, 
I mean, the, the gap was so wide, it was, it was beyond comprehension. Mia saw news clippings and listened to numerous audio clips of egregious conflicts and outright lies to parents, all created by Why Not's extremely progressive, very woke school board. The first hyperlink Mia checked on the parents' website took her to a story about the board purchasing $1.8 million worth of classroom and school library books that promoted LGBTQ sexual orientation and transgender identity themes. The school board made this purchase unilaterally without any parent input. And when you look at these outright pornographic books, you can understand why no parent was involved in this decision. Mia next read and listened to the posted audio clips of a story about the Why Not School Board and the superintendent, who apparently manipulated information about multiple sexual assaults in a high school girl's bathroom by a boy claiming that he was a transgender girl. Now, that unimaginable crime set the stage for an explosion over uh, the Why Not School Board conducting an explicit sexual behavior survey given to students as young as 12 years of age without any parent's knowledge. Needless to say, for Mia, the material posted on the Why Not Parents Association website was far too extensive to view, much less digest during her first day on Why Not. The, the, the factual dissonance of what Why Not might be was beginning to fry Mia's brain. She kept thinking, it, it can't really be this nuts here, can it be? So before climbing in bed, she called Ted, her husband, who was back in Normalville with the kids, and shared her distress over what she found on the parents' website. She left him with the web address and then turned the lights out in her hotel room and pulled the covers over her head. After an exhausting day, Mia couldn't just plain fall asleep. She tossed and turned in bed trying to shut her mind off, but her mind's eye kept seeing the motto, on the top of the Why Not Parents Association website. Supposedly, it was something Plato said a million years ago. It read, Who will teach the children? What will they be taught? So here we are, ready to hear the rest of Mia's story about Why Not. It's the next day, and it's a bright, sunshine-filled morning. And Mia's ready to be picked up by Lydia, the realtor, for a trip to Lydia's sister for coffee and a morning visit. The drive to Sage's house is going to take about 20 minutes. Now, during the drive, Mia told Lydia that she'd spent two hours looking over the Why Not Parent Association's website and that she nearly freaked out. I didn't fall asleep till two in the morning, she said. Mia said, I know, moving can be very overwhelming. Mia said, no, it's, it's not about the moving. It's about the school system. Lydia said, oh, I understand. Nothing like this has ever happened before here. It's, it's really affecting Why Not. In fact, there's a lot happening on Why Not that just hasn't happened here before. But there are really wonderful people here, and like our pastor says, this too will pass. And so we'll see. Now, after a few minutes of silence, Lydia said, let me tell you a little about Sage's husband. Because it's Saturday, he's likely to be home today. Her husband's name is Logan, and he is a fabulous guy and father. He's also a military veteran, and he's currently a Why Not City police sergeant. Uh, they've been married for, I think it's about 20 years now, and, and they were high school sweethearts. 
Uh, they got married while Logan was in the Marines, and it got pretty tense around here when he was over in Afghanistan. He did that twice, and Sage was a wreck the whole time. He thought about making the Marines a career, but after the twins were born, he decided to come home and join the police force. Uh, their twin daughters, by the way, just turned 13. Logan loves being a cop, that is, until the whole George Floyd thing went down. Mia said, well, I can imagine. He says the city council is run by a shitload of wacko Bolsheviks. Oh, I, I, I'm sorry, I didn't, mean to say, I didn't mean to say the way it came out. Mia said, don't worry, I'm not offended in the least. When you meet Ted, he's likely to tell you that I have a potty mouth and I have no intention of changing it. They laughed, and then Mia asked, Since you mentioned George Floyd, I haven't seen anything about any riots happening, and why not? Lydia said, No, we, we've been lucky. Last summer, well, there's a chapter of Black Lives Matter in Fractious. That's, that's just north of us. That's where I picked you up at the airport yesterday. They had a two-day disastrous riot in Fractious the summer of 2020. Lots of burnt-down businesses, and two people were supposedly killed. The, the problem was the governor wouldn't call out the National Guard to put the rioting down, and the police were told to stand down. There were arrests made, but the county's DA's office, they dismissed all the cases claiming a lack of sufficient evidence. A lot of those small businesses weren't insured, and parts of downtown Fraxis are they're still boarded up. Frankly, I don't think why not's big enough for BLM to, to waste time with us, and that's, that's just fine with me. But nonetheless, businesses at the mall in downtown Wyatt, they were all boarded up for weeks. No one was taking any chances. Oh, but by the way, I should tell you my sister Paige is a real pistol. She can get pretty intense when she talks about the why not school system, but she knows it all, the good, the bad, the ugly. She taught second graders for 10 years at Oak Ridge Elementary, which, which is not too far from her house. We can drive by there. She's been hopping mad at what others are doing to what really a great school system. Here we are. There's Sage sitting out on the front porch. So after introductions, they went inside and met Logan and the twins as the two girls were going out the door and over to a friend's house. Sage had coffee, tea, and pastries set out, and the four of them sat down at a large round kitchen table in captain's chairs. Sage also had her laptop out and on next to her at the table. Mia told Sage that she has three children and that last night, in her hotel room, she began reviewing all the information on the Why Not Parents Association website. And Sage broke in and said, It freaked you out, right? Mia said, Right. Sage said, Well, I suppose looking back, there were signs we all missed. But after the pandemic hit and schools closed, then the George Floyd thing happened, and all that coupled with the riot in Fraxis. Has Lydia told you about Fraxis? Lydia spoke up and said, yes, we were just talking about that on the drive over here. Sage went on, well, all these events conspired to give our recently elected school board, in cahoots with the teachers' union, the opportunity they needed to go all-out woke. The school board has always been dominated by Democrats. But somehow, radical progressives took over at the last board election, and nothing has been the same since. They, they were doing all sorts of things parents would have never agreed to, and then they got a huge head start before any of us, even teachers. 
Uh, did, did Lydia tell you I'm a teacher? Mia said yes. Sage continued, well, they, they, they got way downstream before parents and teachers could get organized. What's that expression? I mean, uh, a lie can get halfway around the world before the truth can get its pants on? Well, that was us. Sage continued, there's a Parents Teachers Association, that good old PTA, but there were too many woke teachers and woke parents in that group, and they couldn't agree on anything. So we formed our own group, and we've been exposing and fighting them on all sorts of outrageous contracts and policies. Mia shared with the three of them what she saw the night before on her laptop at the hotel. Sage said, pretty outrageous, right? By the way, it's all disgustingly true. Mia said, I believe it, but, but it's overwhelming. We, we don't have any of these kinds of problems in Normalville, where we live now. I, I don't think we could even invent any of these problems. Sage said, I know. We couldn't either. But here we are. Sage said, Mia, how can I help you? What, what would you like to know about the Why Not School system? Mia said, well, thanks for seeing me on such short notice. D do you mind if I take notes? They're only for my husband, Ted. I'm finding out so much information that I don't think I, I don't think without notes, I'll be able to remember it all when I get back to Normalville. I promise you, they're, they're just for our eyes only. Sage said, you go right ahead. I can't tell you anything that isn't already public or true. So don't worry. Sage went on to say, oh, don't get me wrong. Don't get us wrong at all. We, we love living in Why Not. Logan, my sister Lydia, and I, we all grew up here. And we don't have any plans on leaving, not at least without a fight. I can assure you that what's going on in Why Not is not Why Not. It's like some foreign illness besides COVID has infected the people here. We've also had critical race theory consultants groups and LGBTQ activists blow into town, and they've made everything worse. And the teachers' union is totally in the woke camp. Many of us think that the teachers' union was looking for a distraction from the school system's historically low third grade, fourth grade, and eighth grade test scores that just came out before the pandemic hit. And the teachers' union? I could give you an earful about those characters. The teachers' union, the one I had to belong to as part of my employment contract? They didn't defend us when the school board made COVID vaccination a mandatory part of our contracts. We had scores of teachers who were fired. I can't tell you how many teachers just up and resigned rather than give in to the teachers' union, that school board, and that feckless superintendent they hired. Of course, I quit after finishing the 2019-2020 school year, so I didn't have to deal with their mandates. But a lot of my friends did. Like me, there's a lot of female teachers who want to have children or more children, and they don't want someone demanding they put experimental drugs into their bodies. Certainly not knowing what, what it might do to their fertility or their unborn children, much less the rest of their health. And there are a lot of teachers I know who had valid religious objections, not to mention those who just, just plain don't like being shoved around. I'd probably be in that group, too. There's a larger group of them suing the school board and their idiot superintendent, who is their enforcer for all things woke. Besides, many of us have had COVID. Logan and I have both had it, and our daughters have had it too. And now the school board says, not only do all teachers have to get the shot, they have to get it regardless of whether they've already had COVID. 
And parents are up in arms about this vaccine mandate for all school-age kids. As kids as young as five years old, they have to be vaccinated by the start of the upcoming school year. It's, it's just not going to happen. Many of these kids already test positive for having had COVID, and there are stacks of parents' lawsuits lined up over this idiocy. After a brief pause, Sage said, I apologize for sounding so negative. Lydia's going to kill me. After all, she wants to sell you a great home, and we'd love to have you here as one of us. Let me say one last thing about the COVID vaccines. I, I don't know if you've heard this, but yesterday, these vaccine companies want the federal government to ensure that all information about these vaccines, especially all the negative information, be sealed for 50 years. What do they have to hide? Besides, the government already gave them immunity from being sued. Lydia chimed in. Sis, would you say the school board's mandatory vaccines and masking policies? Are these the major reasons 10,000 kids didn't return to the Why Not School system after, after all the schools reopened at the end of the school year? The, the reason I'm asking is that I, I told Mia yesterday about the massive attrition, but, but I'm not sure I had a good answer. Sage said, yes, over 10,000 students didn't return for the eight weeks of school left in this school year. Sage went on to say, I believe that those mandates and the fact that the public schools were closed for 480 days because of COVID and the decisions of the teachers union and the school board, these decisions also made a difference as to why so many students just left the system. Parents could see that their children weren't learning. Parents are trying to reduce screen time for their kids, especially young children. And all the online Zoom classes did was increase this to the point of just complete boredom. Parents also saw what teachers were teaching, and they were shocked. They all know that area-wide test scores were way down just before the pandemic and the school closures. And here the schools were dwelling on racial justice and on social justice and on systemic racism and something called white privilege and then white supremacy and oppression and oppressors, and they went ballistic. And all while the school board keeps announcing that critical race theory isn't part of the curriculum. It's just that everything about critical race theory is in the classroom. And many teachers who don't believe this type of political ideology belongs in public schools, especially not elementary schools, were forced to either get on board with what the CRT consulting group was peddling in mandatory training workshops or face discipline. The superintendent also came right out and told teachers that they were to report other teachers who talked negatively about the Why Not School System's commitment to racial equity and racial justice and the district's commitment to a multiculturally sensitive community. And the teachers' union backed the superintendent. I know two teachers who quit mid-year rather than be subjected to selling out other teachers. Well, this is an excellent spot to take a quick break. Don't touch that dial. I'll be right back with the rest of the story. And it's an ending you don't want to miss. Dr. Peter McCullough. If you go to HealthyCell.com, you can check out the technology, the products of HealthyCell. These are very innovative products. They are a form of bio-nutraceuticals 
that are bioactive and they come in a variety of categories. One is daily essentials, which are the bioactive multi and the vegan essentials. And then the next category is performance. And this is the REM sleep supplement. I've talked about it a lot. I think it's very effective and I recommend it uh, for myself and for my family, but as well as my patients. I'm having great luck with this because it is such a terrific product with um, a blend of, I think is what's needed for not only promoting sleep, but also getting quality sleep. And one gets quality sleep, then there's restfulness, and the next day is better, and then the next night is better, and it becomes a progressively positive cycle for the human body. And the next product in the performance category is focus and recall. Focus and recall. And I think that is the featured product that um, is coming into play for those with long COVID and brain fog that develops after COVID-19, the respiratory infection, but also after COVID-19 vaccination. And then finally, the main horse in healthy cell is the targeted support of immune super boost. Immune super boost. And what we have here is a series of products that really can toe the line for patients who are working their way through the COVID-19 pandemic, either at risk for COVID-19, have had COVID-19 and recovered, are in the post-COVID syndrome, which is now a diagnosis we put in the electronic medical record, and are suffering through a variety of manifestations of post-COVID syndrome. And then lastly, those who are in the throes of vaccine reactions of some sort, whether they be uh, acute serious vaccine reactions or the more common mild uh, prolonged vaccine reactions. We now know the spike protein lasts in the human body after the respiratory infection or after vaccination for up to 15 months. We had this breaking development uh, brought to you on America Out Loud Talk Radio with Dr. Bruce Patterson on a recent episode. So we know this is the case. And so we know if the Wuhan spike protein is in the human body for up to 15 months, it's going to cause damage. It's going to cause inflammation. It's going to set a whole variety of immune responses up working against our body and potentially damaging cells, tissues, uh, intercellular communication systems, and very importantly, influencing organ function. And here is where we need the maximum defense for the body, uh, the maximum and the most appropriate blend of micronutrients, uh, minerals, as well as vitamins to help the body get through this difficult time. So go to healthycell.com and check out the products and in the promotional code, use the term out loud for 20% off your first purchase. Let's get real, let's get loud on America Loud Talk Radio. The America Out Loud family is comprised of patriots in the true sense of the word. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty and the Constitution to help save America for future generations to come. AmericaOutloud.com It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Welcome back to the Frankly Daniels Show. Before the break, we were at the home of Sage and her husband, Logan, and they, that is Sage, Logan, Mia, and Lydia, Sage's sister, they were all sitting at Sage's round kitchen table, drinking coffee and tea and talking about why not, especially about the school system. 
Sage is the perfect person to talk to Mia about the school system because until recently, Sage was a second grade teacher in the Why Not School system. In fact, she'd been there for 10 years before recently resigning. Now, I've got to make a program note right here, so bear with me. I want you to remember that every incident in Mia's story is true. Each incident or event occurred in any of several cities and school systems across America in the last 18 months. Honest engine. If you're thinking about moving to a red city or a red state from a blue state and blue city, and you're a progressive who agrees with the Joe Biden agenda of unlimited illegal immigration, the defund the police movement, every illegal alien has a right to vote in American elections, inflation is a sign of health, and you're for mandatory masking of children and mandatory COVID vaccinations, I encourage you to remain in your blue city and state. Trust me, you're not going to like the freedom and liberty citizens enjoy in conservative, America-loving red states and cities. If you're for big and bigger government pushing you around, you're going to be sadly disappointed in a red, constitutionally loving city and state. I mean, trust me. But if you're currently living in a red city and state, say, like Florida, for heaven's sakes, think three times before moving to a so-called progressive city like Austin, Texas, or Seattle, unless you're a radical progressives. If so, we'll be over to help you pack this afternoon if you'd like. Now, if you're suicidal, then any blue city in any blue state is going to do the trick for you. But if you happen to be bipolar, a chronic depressive, or you think you're an incurable optimist, don't leave a red city or red state. The Surgeon General won't tell you this, but blue is the color you turn once you stop breathing. So shall we return to the story. Sage is in the middle of an explanation as to where the 10,000 students who didn't come back to the Why Not school system, where, did they, where they went after the schools reopened. In finishing up a prior point, Sage says, So we lost hundreds of teachers because of the board's woke policies, and despite the damage to the school system, the board refused to change direction. Then she said, as for the 10,000 students, where they went, nobody precisely knows. Lots of them enrolled in our two Catholic schools and, and the other private school. Those schools brought in big trailers to expand classes, and it, it was really something to behold. Others, like myself, switched our girls to homeschooling. Still others simply just moved to another school district. No, Logan and I pulled our girls out of the system after suffering through the district's Zoom online instructions for four months. That's all we could take. Well, to be totally honest, it was all I could take. It was clear that teachers had been instructed to bring race and all that diversity and equity and inclusion stuff into every class. It didn't matter if it was a math class or an English class. Every day we'd get some snarky teacher comments about multiculturalism or systemic radical or racial discrimination. After a while, I, I, couldn't, I just couldn't take it anymore. If we could afford it, we'd have put the girls in one of the Catholic schools. We're still on the waiting list for both schools. The, the private schools do a terrific job, and a lot of the teachers who left the Why Not system are teaching there. They love it. And they tell me that they had forgotten how much fun teaching was. It's, it's like they've been born again. The joke is that teachers, well, most of us anyway, love teaching. We just need to find a place to do it. 
there's also no teachers' unions at the private school, so there's no woke group pushing woke policies. I just turn beet red when I hear Biden always uh, saying that he's creating good-paying union jobs. Whatever happened to the right-to-work laws? Well, Logan spoke up and said, they never existed here in the state of hope you like it. But our police union is okay. Sage waited to see if Logan was going to say something else, but he gave a quick laugh and said, no, that, that's all. So Sage said, I'm homeschooling the girls now, which, by the way, is an option for your children if you move here. I'll be glad to help you with all the particulars. It's a great alternative. I know all the best programs, and the girls have more free time, and they still see all their school friends who all live here in the neighborhood. Mia asked, well, how big of a problem is this transgender issue? Oh, Sage launched into a spirited explanation about the board's very controversial 80-40 transgender policy that absolutely galvanized parent and teacher outrage. She explained how teachers revolted when they were ordered by the superintendent to use the preferred pronouns of self-declared transgender students or be disciplined. She said this is another time the teachers' union didn't defend teachers. They were totally on board with the 80-40 policy. I left before this policy came down, but, but the teachers' union actually helped the school board pass this 80-40 transgender policy. Unbelievable. Again, this stupid policy mandated all teachers had to call upon transgender students by their preferred pronouns. Sage pointedly asked, have you ever seen a list of the preferred pronouns? Most of the teachers, including me, can't even pronounce most of them, and it seems like they're coming up with new ones every day. You'd, you'd think that at least the union... Uh, what they could least do would be provide us with speech coaches. Uh, well, they all chuckled, and Sage went on. Heck, there's only 70 or so called transgender students among the 81,000 students in the system. Uh, have you ever heard of anything so crazy? Uh, then Sage, with a surprised expression on her face, said, Oh, I'm, I'm sorry if I've offended you. I should have asked, are, are any of your children transgender? Sage said, Thankfully, no. Well, she said, if they are, they haven't told Ted or me yet. Mia then asked, how did the teachers deal with this transgender policy stuff? Sage went on to say, well, they didn't deal with it. They didn't deal with it well at all. The problem is that some of the teachers are, let's say, unthinkingly enthusiastic ones uh, who are entirely uh, down with the whole LGBTQ community's push to, to normalize their views on sexual orientation and transgender identity. The lobbying that goes on here is so ridiculous, and it has nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing to do with education or raising the district's math and reading scores. The 2019 results showed that only 60% of third graders were math proficient for third graders. Now, the new goal for 21-22 is to get up to 32% of third graders up to proficiency. Good luck with that. So what's the equity community up to? Well, they're trying to normalize the new American family as a one-parent family, a preferably female ahead of a family. It's all the rage with the Black Lives Matter nuts. Their theme is that it takes a village to raise a family. Like, where have we heard that before? And I want to say, how's that going? Is it any wonder there's so many of them in prison? 
Mind you, none of this nonsense goes on at the Catholic schools. I know, I know, I know. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm rambling. Lydia broke in and said, I told Mia on the way over that you're a bit of a pistol sage, especially when you get into talking about schools. I mean, you're, I mean, you're very passionate. At this, they all laughed. So Sage said, well, what, what was the topic? I obviously got lost. Thankfully, Logan bro- broke in and said, yeah, we were talking about the transgender policy. Sage said, thank you, and went on. So this 80-40 policy not only created more conflict among teachers and among parents, but it created big-time conflict between parents and teachers. But the board doesn't care. They act as if they're all above it. As I said, the truth is we only have about 68 or 70 out of 81,000 students who are openly transgender. The other problem is that transgender students, they don't have to prove that they're undergoing treatment for what they call a gender dysphoria, and, and they don't have to prove anything about gender transition treatments. So anyone can just stand up and say they're transgender, and they fall into a special category of students with special privileges. That, that's how the boy who claimed he was a transgender girl got into the girls-only restroom and supposedly raped a 14-year-old girl. A- and the superintendent, he lied about it in open school board meetings. Here, uh, let me play this live for you. Before anyone could react, or Mia could tell Sage that she'd heard the lie last night on her laptop in her hotel room, Sage had pulled her laptop over and clicked on an audio clip of the June 22nd school board meeting, which was one month after the rape incident. Do we have assaults in our bathrooms or our locker rooms regularly? To my knowledge, we don't have any records of assaults occurring in our restroom. The issue of assaults taking place or transgender students assaulting other students in the restroom, uh, Time magazine in 2016 called that a red herring. The predator transgender student is or person simply it does not exist. Sage said, "Well, that was the board chair who knew the true answer to this question." But she she asks this disingenuous question of that dope superintendent who goes on to lie through his teeth. Sage then said, "Let me play this clip for you of one of our mothers addressing the same school board in August before they took a seven to two vote in favor of that stupid eighty forty policy." Question for you ladies on the school board. How would you like to go into a locker room right now where there is a naked man staring at you with an erection? If the thought of that makes you uncomfortable, it also makes my 12-year-old daughter uncomfortable. Biological girls deserve safety and dignity in private spaces, and policy 8040 will cause girls tangible and emotional harm. Vote no to policy 8040. Most of you on the board either have a daughter or granddaughter, and please ask yourself how they would feel changing in front of a boy. I have a feeling that, by the way, some of you voted on a similar topic in May, that you might be on the fence about policy 8040. It is never too late to do the right thing and vote no to this. Also, policy 8040 goes against freedom of speech. It is unconstitutional to force someone to use a pronoun that they do not agree with. That that lying school board, they, they said they had no choice because the state had passed a law requiring all school districts to pass a transgender policy. But, but that's not true. The state passed what they called a model transgender policy, and they only encouraged each district to consider passing a similar one. They didn't order it. In other words, there was no state mandate. Now, Sage went on. After the second sexual assault by this punk, 
that, that is after the superintendent transferred him to another high school, he attacked another girl. And then the whole, the whole mess went public, and, and the superintendent, he, then he came out and he said this, if you could believe it. Sage quickly pressed another hyperlink. First, let me say to the families and students involved, my heart aches for you, and I am sorry that we failed to provide the safe, welcoming, and affirming environment that we aspire to provide. This lowlife lied to 300 parents at the June 22nd Open School Board meeting. And, and, and this is his apology? Really? First, let me say to the families and students involved, first, let me say to the families and students involved, first, let me say to the families and students involved, my heart aches for you, my heart aches for you, my heart aches for you, and I am sorry that we failed to provide the safe, welcoming, and affirming environment that we aspire to provide. My friend put this on a looped apology, and he sent it out to all 2,400-plus members of the Parents Association. How pathetic this guy is. The Why Not Parents Association has completed all the signatures they need for recall petitions for five of the school board members. The association has also called for the immediate resignation of the superintendent. If he doesn't resign, parents are demanding the school board fire him. But like with all things with this woke board, nothing is going to happen until the recall petitions lead to a recall vote. In the meantime, the damage goes on. Sage said, according to our daughter's friends who are still in the system, this idiotic policy has bred resentment among the straight kids and the kids who've been brainwashed into supporting this whole transgender sham. It's been nothing short of divisive or, or, or diversive or... However you say that word, it's just, it's just plain nuts. And all of this has, has absolutely nothing, I mean nothing to do with education or improving the rotten test score the school board knows it has to address. And uh, several of the teachers openly told the school board at an open school board meeting that it was against their religion to lie to kids, calling boys and girls girls and boys, when the boys were really boys and not really girls, and the girls were really girls and, and not boys. The, the whole thing is just ridiculously confusing. They also told the school board that it was against their First Amendment right. You can't compel speech. Well, the superintendent suspended teachers left and right with the intent to fire them if they didn't change their minds about this and to pour salt into a wound. The teachers' union refused to defend these teachers. Mia and Lydia just shook their heads slowly back and forth, and the look on Mia's face was sullen and anxious. Logan jumped in and said, I know all of this sounds like a real downer, but this isn't, why not? Yes, this has been a Democrat city forever, but these board members can't possibly be Democrats, or at least they're not the Democrats we grew up knowing. Sage and I have been registered Democrats forever. Our parents were registered Democrats. Yes, unfortunately, we voted for Joe Biden, and that turned out to be another lie. And, and we won't make that mistake again. But we want our city back, and, and we're going to take it back. These are good people who live here, and why not? Had you come by, say, five years ago, none of what Sage has been talking about today would be here or would be true Today, I've never seen better cooperation between Republicans and Democrat parents than in my entire adult life. And for that matter, race makes no difference in this openly talked about discontent with not only our schools, but with City Hall and many of the laws being passed by the state legislature.
I mean, it's, it's just as if someone passed out funk Kool-Aid and anyone who drank it has gone completely wacko. Sage jumped back in and said, Exactly. I, I could imagine all this sounds so overwhelmingly negative, but, but there are strong voices here in Why Not, and, and no one is giving up to this lunacy. And, and there is good news. I mean, for instance, the teachers who were suspended, pending being fired by that idiot superintendent, for not caving into this transgender students uh, using their preferred pronouns and all that stuff. Well, well, they found a pro bono law firm to represent them, and they sued the school board and the superintendent. And the teachers won in district court. And then the school board appealed the decision to the state Supreme Court, because they couldn't be wrong. And the teachers won in the Supreme Court. Well, that board was really irritated, so they had to appeal that to the federal appellate court. And, and the teachers won again. And, and now the school board has agreed to reinstate the teachers with back pay and to expunge any negative actions from their employment records. And the school board has backed off the pronoun issue for now, stating they're reviewing the policy. But we know these wounds, they're going to be a long time in healing. But these are victories. And once, and once we recall most of the board... We're going to elect board members who are pro-education and pro-parents. You can count on that. Mia said, uh, thanks for that. I have to admit, I- I'm going to have a challenge explaining all of this to Ted and the kids. As Sage was sitting back, apparently coming up for air, Logan, her husband, looking to dial the conversation back a notch or two, asked Mia what her husband did and what neighborhoods had Lydia shown, shown her so far. He went on to say there's a terrific house that just went on the market yesterday that's just down the street, four houses down and on the other side of the street. Have, have you seen that listing, Lydia? Lydia said, no, but I'm looking it up right now. Logan said, we know that family and we know, and we know that house. They've put, they put a lot of work into it, and it's, it's well cared for. It's a well cared for house. Logan said, people at Why Not take a lot of pride in their neighborhoods. Why not isn't all as bad as you're hearing, believe me. We have problems just like everywhere, but we do have faith they're going to work out because we're working on them. Mia thanked Logan for the suggestion about the house down the street. She said, please, no, I'm not ruling out. Why not? This job opportunity for Ted is a big deal. He's worked very hard for this promotion. I think we could put up with what you're saying is going on in the city overall. But as I know, you know, school at this point with our children is a really big deal, especially since they range from first grade to high school. And besides, I think Ted, my husband, is he's going to have to make a trip here before, before we consider moving or before we move. Sage said, Tell him the both of you are invited over whenever you visit again, and hopefully we'll all be neighbors. Then Mia asked Logan how he liked being a police officer. Logan said, I love it. I just wish the city council and the DA's office would let us do our job and support us on the back end. Mia asked Logan what he meant. He said, well, the, the state passed this stupid law last year that supposedly is modeled after some law in California. Now, this law allows thieves to, to steal merchandise uh, worth up to $950 or less per incident. And, and if we, I mean, meaning the police, catch them and haul them into the station, 
they get immediately released on another new policy called no-cash bail. Logan went on. Even more ridiculous, he said. At best, these crooks are charged with a misdemeanor theft. In other words, there's no meaningful law against theft as long as you keep it below 950 bucks per incident. And the DA's office won't bother to investigate these cases, much less prosecute them. So guess what? We've had two drug stores close down and leave town last month, and the big Target store in Fraxis has threatened to do the same if the law isn't changed. Now, imagine coming out of your local CVS and being shoved out of the way by a gang of thieves with masks, hoods, crowbars, and in some cases, guns, all of them carrying big black trash bags full of stolen merchandise, and all running like hell for waiting SUVs just outside the door. There was an older lady sent to the hospital last month who'd been shoved to the ground by one of these thugs. Lydia said, Logan, stop it. You're scaring the bejesus out of her. I want to sell her that house down the street, for heaven's sakes. Well, they all laughed and passed the pastries around one more time, but there weren't any takers. Logan went on, Well, the other problem is the change in the state and county DA's offices and the changes the state legislature is making to criminal law in the name of prison reform and bail reform. Now, supposedly the woke legislature eliminated most of the bail laws because they were judged as discriminatory against the poor, which was just another way of saying that they were racially discriminatory. We don't have a large black population here on Why Not, and many of them are in professional jobs and careers. Heck, the police chief is a black woman, and she just rolls her eyes when this race stuff comes up. Oh, one of the things she was very unhappy about is that this city council of the mayor, they made her hire an equity officer, like whatever that is. The chief was hopping mad because she'd have preferred to have two more officers' positions instead of a political hack in the department looking over everyone's shoulders. I, I can't tell you all the dumb stuff that's been done in the name of George Floyd. This is just another one. Sage jumped in again and said, Oh, yeah, that's among the other things the school board wasted money on. They hired a vice president of equity and inclusion, and she came with a staff of five or six other do-gooders. Now, teachers feel like equity police are always looking over their shoulders, visiting their classrooms, asking their students questions. And believe it or not, one of the first things she recommended was to change the name of several schools like uh, Jefferson High and Lincoln Elementary. She even recommended changing the name of Condoleezza Rice Primary School. Logan, looking none too happy that Stage had stepped into his conversation again, said, So like I was about to say, we bring the criminals in. I mean real criminals, not someone who made a wrong turn at a red light, but someone who just pulled off an armed robbery and they're back on the street in hours. No bail required. And, and these recently elected woke DAs? Now Sage jumped in again and said, don't get them started on the woke DAs. Sage said, honey, let her ask the questions about schools. She doesn't have any plans to hold up a liquor store. Uh, Logan said, okay, okay. But if she did, she should know she won't be going to jail and why not? And I could recommend any number of defense attorneys, Mia. They're the ones making a fortune off this revolving door of injustice. Mia said, eh, that, that's got to be frustrating. Logan said, thanks for saying so, and it is. Mia said, 
thanks for the offer on a good defense attorney. My husband's going to kill me when I get back to Normalville and spill the beans, and he's probably going to need a good defense attorney. They all laughed, and the meeting came to an end. It was already near noon, so Lydia drove Mia back to her hotel room so she could freshen up with plans to pick her back up at 2 p.m. for some house hunting. Now, when Mia got upstairs to her room, she crashed on the made-up bed and turned to the 12 o'clock news. She found the local Why Not Fox News affiliate. The news anchor began checking off the day's highlights. First up was a story from the Why Not Parents Association survey of over 5,000 parents who were also registered voters in Why Not. 79% of parents want the Why Not school system to build two new charter schools. Currently, Why Not doesn't have a charter school. The survey also showed that 75% of parents want school choice and 72% of parents want the school board to pass a parent's bill of rights. Apparently, these are quite popular in a lot of surrounding states. Well, this is already a lot on the plate of a very beleaguered and controversial school board. But the survey also says that 89% of parents want the cuts in advanced mathematics programs to stop, and those that the superintendent cut last year, they want those reinstated. Finally, 68% of parents want the school board to create a gifted student program to include grades 7 through 12. Sticking with the Why Not Parents Association, this just into the newsroom. The president of the Why Not Parents Association's home was raided today by FBI officers. Mrs. Sharana Bishop, also known as America's Mom, was detained outside her home after FBI agents busted through her front door, supposedly looking for evidence that she's behind the alleged veiled threats of violence against certain school board members. Apparently, this search was conducted according to the Department of Justice Attorney General's orders to clamp down on threats of violence against school board members. More on this story at 6. Well, this is where my telling of this story ends. I leave it up to you to write the final ending. The question is, what should the goldsmith do? Stay or move? What, what would you do? I hope you enjoyed this journey. I'm Daniel Francis Baranowski, and this is The Frankly Daniel Show. <laughs>